0: Welcome to Bombless Rugby, the home of boys, brews, and sports balls. This is a main event hosted by Kaya and Dr. Drip. We touch on the hot topic of the week, here from the man of the street, and pick a boy key of the week. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Bombless Rugby Network. Podcast release Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But if you enjoy the podcast, please consider following Bombless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services, or the services. Let's get into it. So, how are you doing, yeah hey, I'm
1: doing pretty well. We have a massive cold front coming through. i um here. It's raining. It's windy. I'm sitting in my car to try get a quiet, quiet spot, and man, man is struggling with that cold. I'll tell you that I'm not ready for this.
0: applications pretty. Can't keep put the heat on for sound reasons. So this is maybe on the fastest podcast we ever do, just because we both want to get warm again.
1: And I'm and I'm dressed warm, but still, my my toes. You know, being a tall person. Takes the blood a long time to get over there, and it's pretty cold by then.
0: Make sure you wearing eggs, bro. It'll
1: help your life. I kind of wish I had eggs right now. <laughs> Not something <laughs> I thought I'd say.
0: So talk about this this cold period. I mean, what what have you been watching on Netflix recently? My
1: man, we we actually hit a couple of of things very quickly. Um, Just one I do want to mention, the latest season of South Park is out there and it's brilliant. But two ones I would recommend to other people, me being a massive geek, I would recommend an anime called Parasite the Maxim. It is done in English and the voice acting is brilliant. Really good, fascinating story. Didi smashed it in two days. She was hooked. So I pretty much know that... (laughs) You know, someone who's not that into anime would enjoy this. And you know, another one that we finished, a little documentary called The Devil Next Door, that's uh, about a man in Cleveland, there in America, that was accused of being Ivan the Terrible, who was a gas chamber operator at the Treblinki uh, extermination camp during the Holocaust. And that trial is fascinating to watch. It was really interesting. I'm gonna tell you whether he is or not. You know, spoiler alert.
0: So in case somebody comes yeah. actually and chokes you out.
1: But yeah. On.
0: oh, I got two. One is actually on Netflix, and one is on Showtime. So you need to um find ulterior ways of um <clears throat> getting it. Um, so first one is Trial by Media, which is on Netflix, which is pretty fascinating because it's like six episodes, six different subjects and different types of trials, and you see how much the media actually sometimes paints as a villain and how that affects other people, especially in a country with the jury system. And, like, how small... And also, like, how... how So there was one particular trial where they focused on, a, on the ethnicity of the group of people the whole time who were on trial, and that caused bad blood in the entire community. So how the media reports things can make a big deal or a good deal or, like, make things go sideways in certain places. And then the second, Billions, which is a look into, like... How can the easiest way to put it? There's two guys were going against each other initially one is the law is the u.s attorney for new york and then the other is a hedge fund manager and it's almost impossible to get the hedge fund managers to nail them and this guy's got like a perfect record and then the two biggest guys go for each other so it's fun it's been five seasons and it's one of the best written shows i don't know how it doesn't win awards
1: all righty yeah. and if you
0: watched what's that show Boom, you'll know the main actor.
1: Yeah, um, I'm keen to watch Trial by Media. It is on my list. It's probably in the next documentary that we will get into. All right. So moving on to our hot topic of the week. So there's been a recent report that World Rugby is considering, you know, removing scrums and mauls from the game in an effort to try and, you know, restarted particularly for clubs and so forth where they won't be able to necessarily test everyone and there's been quite a lot of backlash about this um, for obvious reasons and we'll get into it but first uh, let's let's just give a little bit of uh, an educational lesson here and define for those that aren't as familiar with the game what a scrum and a maul actually is and this is according to the law law book so a scrum is a set piece and a set piece refers to uh one way that you can restart a game particularly when the ball was um like completely out of out of play where play stopped Uh, it's not a case like a free kick where you can quickly restart this is a set piece where everyone has to come together and the scrum normally consists of eight players from each team bound together in a formation uh, a mall is a phase of play consisting of a ball carrier and at least one player from each team bound together and on their feet. So these are the two main components in rugby where there is physical contact for prolonged periods of time. It's, yeah, scrums Scrums can last, yeah, up to a minute or so. Malls, I mean, we've seen teams be able to go from a halfway to a trial line. So so yeah, yeah, I do understand the risk part of this. Um, so yeah, let me let me throw it over to you, Kai. Like, hmm. what is your first response to this? Just on these two components.
0: First response: slightly a quick side note, which is, you realize that the, the definition of a Scrum doesn't actually say what formation. So you actually could do a two-two-two-two if you wanted to. Yeah.
1: yeah which would be yeah. fun to
0: see All... someone try that one day
1: yeah it, you are right it doesn't specify which formation in the definition but i don't think it would necessarily work um yeah i mean you would be quite exploited
0: or <laughs> well, if you come up you like we'll put four in the row. i can't tell you no but let yeah. see if somebody ever tries that one day but yeah, my first thought was just like this makes no sense because you're taking away the one of the core parts of rugby, what so differentiates rugby union from rugby league. Now, for those who don't know, rugby league is that little glorified touch that involves a little bit of contact that gets played, well, it gets played around the world. We used to have a cup in South Africa, but that didn't last long because we like to tackle. Uh, but it's actually like a, a combination of American football in rugby more than else. But, hmm. like, so that... But the thing for me, which is like the hardest part for it, is like without these foundational elements of it, how do you play this the game? Because if the issue is safety and contact, you're still tackling you're still yeah. lifting people in line outs, you're still so what
1: they still rocks. what
0: changes here yeah these rocks so like what fundamentally is changing here? Do you have to like, tackle and let go of someone and tackle what what happens,
1: yeah, essentially the way. I saw this when I first read it. I'm like, okay, so this would then essentially just be rugby league. And therefore, yeah. what's what's the point? You know, these are fundamental aspects of the game. For me personally, as a tight five forward, you know, this is really, you know, an integral part of it. Is It's this contest of strength and technique. And yeah. there are tackles. Tackles happen all the time, you know uh rucks are there what about that you know there's way more rucks that take place than scrums and malls for example you know so i think yeah. overall exposure in those conditions is probably more likely um and you end up in all sorts of weird positions there sometimes yeah it's just the not that work. You're
0: holding a ball
1: yeah there is like, that at
0: least with soccer you're kicking the ball whereas if I get the ball break and I got the corona, I'm just passing the rona around. I throw a long pass. It's game over. You intercept, and yeah. you've intercepted the rona. So I think
1: the here's what it actually comes down to. Okay, so they obviously looked at this and thought, okay, what is the most high risk component in the game? And if we remove that, would it, you know, bring the risk down in a rugby match where it would be okay to convince governments to give a go ahead for the game to be played? On a more local level i think that is the question that they were asking and i understand you know the approach to this this is probably one of the first things you'd remove but doing so changes the product it changes the game you know which you yeah. like n- now you're detracting from your product which doesn't make sense i think and i feel that the risk is still going to be high enough when guys are playing 80 minutes how many tackles take place here? Like hundreds of tackles take place, hundreds of rucks. Yeah. Um. Take take place. The risk is still there. I don't think you will remove the risk, and they really should just wait. Like just wait until things have settled when it's actually safe to go and play a contact sport. I think it's simple.
0: I just think like they've got Ruby's got to accept that basically up until the vaccines available, it's probably not safe. But any limited safety requires better testing. And until you're in a place where there's a lot better testing, at the very least, you can't really consider playing rugby in time soon. Now I know that 100%. one of the biggest concerns is financial. But like money's not worth someone's life at the end of the day. Because all you need is one rugby player to yeah. or something to happen. And it just so like this is not a rugby example, but it's a football one where Ngolo Kante from Chelsea is refusing to play. Well, he said he won't play because he has had an underlying heart condition and they have underlying heart conditions their family. So he's like, I'm not going to put myself at risk. I don't care what my contract says for that because it makes I'll be putting myself in a situation that could end up killing me.
1: Alright, so here's this thing with, with the contract uh, between an employer and an employee. Over year, the employer needs to provide a safe working environment for the employee. And I'm pretty sure that that would still be the case in other countries mm. and personally I feel that he is within his right to say that this is not a safe environment for me particularly because I'm at risk and my family is at risk so I, I feel he's within his right to say I'm not going to play and the same question will probably be there for you know local community rugby players um, even with this scrum and all removed the question will be will the guys, still be willing to take that risk, knowing that, like, all right, there isn't really testing, and you could go get it going to play this sport even without a scrum anymore. Yeah, that is the real question.
0: Like, I honestly wouldn't. I wouldn't be playing coaste rugby. I wouldn't even want, as a former coach, I wouldn't want to be coaching that.
1: If, if I was a coach as well, I would, I would actually just tell the guys, listen, let's not take any risks until we are sure that it is safe enough for everyone to come here, because. People have families, and that's the that's the thing that really needs to be understood, is everyone has older family members. Yeah. Let's not put them at risk. So let's move on to, on to the man on the street. Let's hear what, what some of the guys had to say about a lack of scrums and mauls within the game. I have a text here from, from a guy we used to coach, Daniel de Vindpombe Maria. Was.
0: <laughs> Please, I dare you, That's translate better.
1: that publicly. <laughs> the wind pump—it's—it's, it's, yeah. I mean, direct translation is the wind pump, but it's, um, you know, like in, in the farms where you have—not—not um, the proper English word, I think, is escaping me. But on farms, you know, um, so they have the the water wells that is driven by a by the wind. So you have that structure. Yeah, like a massive fan sticking out. Oh, no, what's, yeah. what's the English? No, I can't. <laughs> can't remember. It no, is yeah. terrible. But yeah, if you could tell, it's a windmill. There we go. It's a yes, windmill. windmill
0: <laughs> took us a bit of English, rookie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> took our me. <laughs> legendary
0: prop, prop who loves scrumming and hated fitness. Um, if you listen to this, this is very true. But then there's one game where. Out of nowhere, he gets the ball. And I think he broke like 30, he went 30 meters at the speed of light. And all of his own teammates were like shocked because guys want to run in support. And they would like, oh, it's just a young jog. Next thing, a man's gone.
1: This man lives for scrums. I have never seen someone at practice and fitness struggle so much. Like, he doesn't want to do it at all. Like, he wants to avoid it. But when he has to do it, like, he struggles with it. But go and put him on that rugby field, and he can play 80 minutes. It's amazing. I've never yeah. seen that before. But I, I'm pretty sure that if you took the scrum away, he wouldn't last 80 minutes. No yeah. way. So, yeah, let's hear what he said. Um, I'm going to read it as he typed it, and then we'll we'll take it from there. So, yeah, we're going to put it in a special translation. This is in Afrikaans, and yeah, then we'll translate it for everyone. So, yeah, this is what he had to say. De eerste vraag zou so wees, is: wat gaan gebeur met ons big heavies? Scrums gee ons ouwens, wat niet gebles is met Sputny, een kans om te shine. En daar is niks lekkerder om uit te dominate in een Scrum. Nie. Mensen wat niet zelf hou van Scrumsny, denken zeker de steeds Mors. Ik voel Scrums houd die game op voor allemaal. Ik persoonlijk zou so niet belangstel zonder Scrumsny. Scrums is leven. Wat dat machine. Boom. The first question is, what about the big and heavies? Scrums give an opportunity for us guys who aren't blessed with speed to shine. And there's nothing better than dominating someone in the scrum. People who themselves don't like scrums probably think it's a waste of time. I feel that scrums keep the game open for everyone. Personally, I would not be interested to play rugby without scrums. Scrums, our life. Method is scrumming the wall right now. (laughs) So, yeah, what do you think of his um, thought there? I I personally fully agree with him. eh? I think that scrums is the element of the game that really makes rugby a true sport that allows all body types to play together. The closest is probably NFL, but over there, if you are an offensive or defensive lineman, all you're going to do is just that one component of the game. Whereas in rugby, I mean, everyone partakes in everything, apart from the scrums where the forwards, you know, have the luxury of doing extra on the field. So, yeah, I, I fully agree with him, eh?
0: Well, I think, like, it doesn't matter what size you are generally in rugby. you can. I mean, from a Colby to, like, any, I'm trying to think of a massive prop, I couldn't think of any of it. Castro Giovanni. You still, you can play. Um, and that's the benefit that rugby does bring. So I think that's a very important one. And especially like scrums. I was a flanker. So I wasn't on the deep, dark side of, of the scrum. But I enjoyed like the setting and the moment that it would prepare you for going for the fly half afterwards. Or like you run a move. Like there's so much stuff that is so, you plan around a scrum. It's almost impossible to think of yeah. a game without one.
1: And also like I can't imagine rugby without a scrum.
0: Yeah, and without a scrum, why have you just replaced the guys at front with other speedsters rather?
1: So on that, so on that, let's get into the other text that we got back. We got one from our good friend Lumumba the Escalator Stofile. And he said maybe it would be good for sevens as the game is concentrated around speed. But for full 15-man rugby, it may take away the ground ball advantage for some teams. Also, if scrums and mauls are banned, there will be a major retrenchment in teams for positions 1 to 5. He says he would be keen to jam a game without scrums and mauls, but that's because he loves some touch rugby.
0: That would, I mean, it is, that was essentially what you're going for, touch rugby with a little bit of physicality.
1: It's a sevens thing. And he's, he's so right that, why would you select traditional players for positions one to five when they're not going to have the true influence in the game yeah. that they normally have? Awesome. I would just put a whole bunch of flankers out there and play.
0: Jake White and uh, Robert Priya, the coach, would not be, would be shaking wherever they are right now if they saw this. Like, also, the thing about having a prop on, I've seen props make some big breaks outside just due to pure size. And so like, not having those big one to five guys make, can make a huge difference in a team. Because if you replace them with other flank, um, like you just you're, you're adding more pace, but there's just a physical element of rapid needs them, and it just doesn't feel right without those guys around.
1: I disagree slightly with you on that one. We yes, we do see props have proper breaks and so forth every now and then, but how often does that happen? Compared to some of the the loose forwards, for example, you know, like we see more of these breaks come through from flankers and eighth men that are specialist ball carriers. And if you don't have scrums or mauls, essentially the game is just about ball carriers. So you can put a you can, you can put like real talented locks and props that are brilliant ball carriers and very mobile. You can do that, you know, but those true hard men who just scrum and maul. I think their value will will be taken away and you wouldn't pick them, you know?
0: Yeah. So let's pick up the ball and uh, we're five metres out and let's just take a quick tap. So, question for this week. Which old players would you like to see return to your franchise as a coach? We'll start on the forwards and then move to the backs. So, Duke, which players would you like to see come back as coach to the Bulls franchise?
1: Well, I'm a little bit torn between two forwards and both of them are lock. but I'm, I'm going to give it to my hero, Bucky Spurta. I would love to see him involved in the Bulls. I I think Victor Matfield, I mean, being a line-out specialist, I'm sure that he could add a lot of value there, but I feel that the Bulls can do with the influence of Bucky Spurta, you know, like, like. Someone who just embodies what Bulls Forwards is really about. They're going to come out there and they're going to bully you. I think he can, he can also teach a lot of the, the dirty arts, you know, those dark arts in the rucks and malls and scrums. Increase the yellow cards. You know, uh, I think it'll be fun for the players. I, I think he embodies that bull spirit a lot better than, than Victor does. And, and the team can really do with that. I think just having him around would be beneficial.
0: Moun was is super easy, thankfully, because we'd have an amazing coach, John Plumtree, who I want back at the Sharks. This is my my continued campaign. I mean he has increasingly he'll have no desire to do this because he'll assume he's now what, assistant coach at the All Blacks. He's getting too close to the to the end point.
1: Kaya, I'm I'm just gonna tell you now that bus has come. His wife and is still gone. from Durban. Don't you
0: ever hate on that. again He can still come back. There's still time. Man's gonna want to go home. His wife wants to go home. Come back, come back, Mrs. Plumtree. Come back. You know you want to go back to Durban. But like he's one of the top minds in the world. He's he's won a super rugby. He's took shocks far before he encountered his old player who fired him. So yeah, he's one of the. He's definitely a guy I would love to have. And in the backs now, who's the backline player you want to see come back?
1: Furida Bria. Oh, I love that, man. An absolute rugby mind attack. Like, he just, the way, I, I feel that the way that he sees the game is very different than what, what we are used to. And, like, he's a tactical thinker. He's highly skilled, probably one of, like, in my view, is the best nine that's played the game all round skill set. I think he would add so much value to any backline player, and he could be very valuable from a strategic point of view as well. You know, with coming up with game plans, identifying weaknesses, and yeah. so forth. I think he would be brilliant, and I am already happy to see that the Bulls and Jake White are actually trying to bring in um, guys like Dupree and Bucky's into the system to to add yeah. benefit there.
0: Again, this was quite easy for me because, A, I actually have to say this is an honorable mention. Neil Powell could have come here, but I thought that was too easy. But I would have to go for Tony Brown or Percy Montgomery. Tony Brown, I love, like, his vision as as a coach now in terms of attacking. And he was part of the Highlanders team that won Super Rugby. And when he was here at the Sharks, he helped our back line be free. So he wasn't the best, for, he was such a good fly off then. And then obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and then like there's Percy Montgomery, who's kicking coach right now. But I do think he has a vision to be a good backline coach. But I'm not sure really interested in it. I haven't really, haven't seen him much re- recently. So yeah, that's me. So you, so to wrap it up, you had Bucky's Victor for the forwards and Fury for backline. Interesting. Any dark horses that you have just lying yeah. around?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, i could drop a funny one um which <laughs> would be very unexpected finand oh, uh, he for crash you know? ball delivery eh? <laughs> i would i would never want him there for crash ball delivery <laughs> uh one but i would probably if if it's forwards um probably one i think that would be left field as well um i would just yeah. bring in Pierre peace and tell the guys, all right, that is not how you go and rock. <laughs> Everything you, you know? tell us today, don't do. <laughs> but uh, let me let me not be so mean. I kind of like. I think Darny Rousseau is also someone that could be could be nice to help uh, utility players because the value of utility players are going to go up uh, post COVID nineteen. So probably that expertise that, that Donny has to work with those utility forwards would be very beneficial.
0: Darny Rosso, the comeback king. The man that saved us the World Cup. On to our Boyki of the Week. Alright, this week we have uh, return to form of one of our favourite, well, he's on the receiving end
1: here, yeah, James Haskell. My first training session in Poland, um, I ended up having a fight with Trevor Leota. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, man, I love that kid. You know, I used to call them, I used to him the Lance of wannabe. I think we did a contact session and all that stuff. And he, and he came and hit me.
1: Trevor was cheating them all. I came out of it. I punched Trevor once, punched Trevor twice, we fell down.
0: And then I th- lost it. I punched him, cracked his eye open, and then the boys broke us up.
1: Trevor just did one straight punch, split my eye, split my cheek. He didn't <laughs> even look anywhere. <laughs> and,
0: then, and then after that, he came back, apologized, said sorry and all that stuff. But nah, he's a good kid, man. And I'm just glad his career went really well. And, yeah, But I hope he learns
1: a few things from me. <laughs> 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 Alright, so <laughs> okay, that actually accident. <laughs> Serves. Oh,
0: oh right. man, imagine that happening. That be, like, oh, this is some stuff I'd love to know that happen if it happens more often
1: behind the scenes. Dude, there has to be more of this happening that just never comes out. Unlike the NBA. We don't hear about all this beef and behind the scenes stuff that really happens. Uh, rugby seems to be very good at pushing something. the players beef you know? each other
0: publicly <laughs> while they're on the same team.
1: I think we need that. I mean, and, and this story is funny. And like, just to put it out there for people, do go check out. It's called Oce- the Oceans Apart series, where they're specifically talking to uh, Pacific Islanders players and so on, and Trevor Liotas a uh, man that they had on recently. And yeah, good stuff to watch. Definitely do go check it out. So yeah, let's right. wrap it up. Uh, first off, a a big shout out to our favorite Boikies. This list is growing. Adam Thompson, James Haskell, Bucky Spurta, Mark Andrews, and Trevor Leota. I must say this is becoming quite, a, quite an interesting collection here. And I think maybe what we should do down the line is when we have enough boykies here, Let's put together our Boykies 15. It'd be something interesting to look forward to. So, yeah, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the main event. All the Bottomless Rugby podcasts are released on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and they are available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other streaming services. Please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and the podcast streaming services to stay up to date with the latest content. So until next week. Stay away from your boys, wash your hands often, drink lots of water, and stay safe.
0: Alrighty, cheers.